everyone, and welcome to another episode of My Climate Diet, the podcast where I'm shedding the pounds of greenhouse gas emissions. I'm Lisa Pettibone, a climate thinker and a bit of a stinker. This week, I'm really excited to try a new format, an interview. I'm going to talk to one of my oldest friends, Josh Huffman, about his homemade deodorant. We had a lovely, wide-ranging conversation about DIY cosmetics and doing our part for the planet. I enjoyed it so much, I've decided to split our chat into two episodes. Today, I'm going to talk to Josh about his climate awareness and how he started making his own deodorant. He'll even share his recipe with us. Tune in next week for the rest of our interview, where he'll give more general tips about making your own cosmetics, and I'll share a recipe with him. Hi, Josh. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. Hi, Lisa. Hello from America. Yes, man, I miss it, and I miss being in New York. How's the weather there? Um, it's raining, which is actually preventing me from today. I was going to weed my, I would call it a garden, but nothing but weeds are growing right now because I haven't potted anything. Um, so instead, I'm inside uh, talking to you. Oh, well, that's good. Thanks for the rain then. Well, so actually that leads me into my first question, which, well, my pre-first question is, how would you rate yourself in terms of climate awareness? Are you, you know, well, not even climate awareness, but climate action. Would you say you lead a climate-friendly lifestyle, or would you say you have super high emissions, or do you not even know? Um, I think I am a roller coaster of low emissions and high emissions. I am somebody who compost, you know, I compost my food and I have a garden and grow plants that I eat, but I also tend to take cabs a lot of places. Uh, in New York, the subway isn't always the easiest to get to and the MTA can um, let me down quite frequently. Uh, I also work in the film business, which despite recent inroads from, from some studios to make it more climate friendly, uh, it is a hugely wasteful industry. So by partaking in that, I have to assume some responsibility. So I'm like kind of in the middle, but only because of an average. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I was going to ask, what are some of the things you're doing that are particularly climate friendly? And it sounds like one of the things is composting and having your own garden where you're growing food you eat. Yes. There's peppers and tomatoes and then a whole bunch of herbs. Um, I don't have the greenest thumb, so I tend to just do things that are easy and a little uh, hands-off, which mm -hmm. works for me. I also make some of my own products uh, for my own use, which is why I'm here. Yes. Uh, I make my own face wash, uh, chapstick, or lip balm, I guess, and uh, my own deodorant. Nice. Um, so those are things that... Uh, I reuse the packaging when I'm done. I keep it and, and refill it. And, uh, I make it in batch or I make it in bulk. So I have usually the large supply at hand. And yeah, what else do I do? You know, general things like recycling and and trying not to trying to buy things locally and um, responsibly as well. Well, that sounds like you're doing a lot then. I mean, we you know, it's funny. We've known each other, what, 15 years, 20 years? I I don't want to date us. Uh, 20 years? 96 to... Good what, gravy. Like, dude, that's like 24 years. So I'm going to throw up. Yeah. Oh, my okay. God. That's great. Okay. okay. We've known each other a while. And I feel like we <laughs> never actually talk about climate stuff or environmental stuff. I mean, sometimes, but like half a percent of our conversations, maybe. 
Well, we're often um, distracted by um, lists of attractive men and women and German pop music. <laughs> but I feel like we, we touch on climate stuff pretty frequently. I mean, it's hard. You know, I had definitely have a guilt of not doing enough or feeling like I don't do enough because, frankly, none of us are really doing enough until we're living in a yurt in the desert, you know, mining our own metal to make dishes and spoons and feed our cows and shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's why I made this podcast was I, a lot of it. And what I'm realizing now as I've been doing it is trying to figure out, okay, what are the changes that actually make the most difference? Because that was the thing I realized last month with eating local is that actually eating local is less of a big deal than eating vegetarian. So it's kind of if I'm going to keep eating meat, that's a it's almost like if you go to the grocery store and you buy, you know, 20 pounds of prime rib, but you bring your own bag, you know, right. it's kind of you're missing the point. It's better yeah. to not buy the meat and put it in a plastic bag if you have to. Well, but, what I think you're doing is, which is great, is looking at the life that you can lead. Like, I don't want to make huge changes in my life, like moving to a different location or a career change. But within my day to day, what are some choices I can make that are much more responsible? Good thing to educate people on and also just to make them think about because usually when somebody's like, oh, you should be more eco-friendly or blah, 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 people kind of tend to associate that with a, a sea change that they're not really mentally or monetarily or physically capable of doing. But when you think about it in small ways, all those small ways add up to yeah. a huge difference. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the other thing I'm trying to do is to reframe it as instead of giving up the things we love to we're doing new, I'm doing new things that I love that, you know, eating regionally, it was also kind of about getting more fresh vegetables into my diet, which implicitly means also eating less meat right but. right and i mean there's also that doesn't mean you're never going to be able to eat the things that you love you just might not eat them when they're not in season yeah exactly or to, i mean even just being more mindful of making this choice means this for the climate is it worth it to me you know because right. maybe it is worth it to me but maybe i i feel like most of the choices we make are just because we've always done it that way. And I think if we think about it in a different way and we think about the climate ramifications, then maybe we'll make better choices without giving up anything. Yeah. I mean, and that's just a good worldview for everything in your life. Yeah, exactly. Well, now we're kind of off track of the questions, but uh, <laughs> well, which surprise, is fine. Surprise. Which uh, is fine. Josh and Lisa uh, running off base, off topic. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Well, then maybe I'll skip my my pre-questions, the rest of my pre-questions and get right to it. So the reason I asked you to join me was not just because you're one of my best friends and we've known each other apparently for 24 years, Ooh. but yeah, but because, as you said, you've been making your own deodorant. I'm asking you primarily about the deodorant, although maybe offline later I'm going to ask you about the lip balm and the face wash. So how long have you been making your own deodorant? Oh, well, given that apparently I'm an old man, my memory has faded a bit, but it's it's got to be at least six or seven years by now. Oh, 
How did you start making your own deodorant? What I think happened is I'd been trying to live a more eco-friendly life. And I don't remember exactly how I stumbled upon this particular thing. I was probably like tipsy on my couch on a Friday night surfing the internet and came across some blog that talked about making your own stuff. And then click, 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 I ended up on something about deodorant. And for me, it's not, I'm not like a super sweaty, super smelly person, but I was unhappy with any kind of deodorant that I'd been trying. You know, I'm, I was the type of person that went from Old Spice to something else to then thinking, oh, I should try to do something more eco-friendly. So maybe try Tom's and then, you know, then learn Tom's is owned by a giant corporation and then blah, blah, blah. So when I came across this recipe, it seemed easy enough because it's when I found the first recipe, I was like, okay, I can do that. But I checked, I just kind of cross-referenced a whole ton of recipes for making your deodorant. And okay, they basically, what I got from that is the four key ingredients are shea butter, coconut oil, baking soda, and then some call for cornstarch, but a couple of them called for this thing called arrowroot powder, which I haven't heard from, but it's basically like a binder kind of thing. And, and, and it absorbs, so people make it, use it for cooking, mostly for sauces. So it absorbs stuff. <laughs> uh, and these are all very easy to find. I don't know how easy they are to find locally produced, because frankly, mm. I have no idea how any of them are really made. Um, which after we hang up, I'm going to try to look into, and then I'll probably be yes. horrified and never use baking soda again. But the general re re uh, recipe is just a rate, a one to one to one to one ratio for all of them. And you just, you just have to melt the shea butter and the coconut oil, mix everything together and voila, you've got some. Huh. Is it okay if I post your recipe uh, online on my yes. website? Yeah, and I can um, email you with some more further directions, too, if you want. Yes, please. So um, you've been doing this at least six or seven years. Mm -hmm. What are the benefits that you've noticed? For me, since I'm not super sweaty person for my armpits, um, it was more about smell control. And mm -hmm. this, frankly, has been the best uh, you know, smell prevention deodorant that I've ever used. And whenever I try to sell somebody on being greener mm -hmm. um, and there's pushback, what I always say is like, people are only going to use something if it actually works for them. Right. Um, there are obviously case by case spaces or one offs where something might be more inconvenient to do to a, do a greener, but it's not going to affect your life that much. So you do it. But with something like deodorant, like I'm not going to make my own deodorant if it doesn't work. Yeah. And so this has worked the best out of everything I've tried and it's eco-friendly hopefully so I'm going to keep doing it yeah look I'm going to be I'm going to admit something that all of us do which is sometimes you go a couple days without showering usually it's because I'm in bed and depressed for three days but guess what my armpits don't smell at the end of it depression solved yeah so I mean yes 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 I can second all of that so You've been telling me about this deodorant, and I've used some of your deodorant in your e efforts to proselytize me over the years, and I've always been really impressed, but I didn't get around to making my own until maybe December, mm -hmm. and okay, now I'm going to get personal, so I am incredibly stinky. 
And I think some of this is the hiker. I think since the hiking, my stinky sweat glands have gone into overdrive. I'm also a very heavy sweater. And I have never been satisfied with my deodorant. Kind of like your origin story, if I may, about making your own deodorant. (laughs) (laughs) So you became a deodorant superhero. superhero. It's true. Yes. Uh, So... For me, I I kept switching brands because nothing was ever particularly good. And I tried a couple different eco brands and a couple different weird eco things like crystal sticks and this sort of thing. And they were all crap. And then finally, actually, in December, I ran out of deodorant. So I had actually bought a book locally here in Berlin. It's called uh, Selber machen statt kaufen. Um, Make it yourself instead of buying it. And I can put a link to the website on this too. And it's 140 recipes to make different things. So face wash, deodorant. I want to see that link. Yeah, I can, I'll see too if they have an English because they have a whole kind of mini section on deodorant and they talk about how baking soda is the thing, but baking soda doesn't work for everyone. And so what they recommend is if you can't do baking soda, do apple vinegar. which is funny considering that's the opposite of baking soda you know in terms of like the acid and the base yeah and it's what's really great about it is they kind of they have maybe five or six different deodorant recipes and then they also have different types of deodorant so if you want more of a spray if you want more of a liquid if you want more of a bomb then they give you different ways to make it but i've been making the one that's kind of the stick Mm -hmm. uh, and it's been the best deodorant i've ever used in my life that exactly what you said that I can go I can not only go maybe an extra day without showering but I can wear my shirts sometimes an extra day because they don't stink right and one of the benefits too is that underarm yellowing thing has gone away like if Mm -hmm. there is ever a stain which sometimes happens Mm -hmm. it's just because of the ingredients that wash out in the next wash Mm-hmm. And let me also just say how much it like truly warms the tiny coal heart that I have to hear that you've done it and you've kept it up because I'm not, it's not like I hang out with the like the hippie green crunchy crowd or whatever, but I hang out with people who are smart and I've told them about my deodorant for years. And again, I'm only touting it because it works so yeah. well. Yeah. And I've even had people try it and they're like, holy shit, this actually works. But nobody ever seems to make it. And it's like, I cannot tell you, once again, how easy it is to make. It's so it takes easy. literally three minutes. Like, it, from start to finish, actually three minutes. Yeah. And the benefits are insane. From my non-scientific understanding, too, I feel like uh, I should explain kind of my understanding of why these particular things work. Mm-hmm. Um which is that uh, coconut oil and baking soda are both incredible antibacterials. Mm. So they're working at killing the bacteria that are living up in your sweat glands, which is probably why ever since you became a hiker, you're extra stinky is just because you haven't been able to kill the mm. bacterial farms that are living up in there. Yeah. So not only does it make you, does it make you smell less, but it also, I believe, helps curb future stinkiness less because there's less being produced yeah it's not masking the stink it's killing the stinkers it's killing the stinkers and then it's absorbing the stink which is another thing that the baking soda does but that's also what the arrowroot powder is doing is it 
soaks up shit. And then the shea butter, I believe, is just there kind of more as a soothing agent because one word of advice is you should, after you make this, do a mm-hmm. light swab test on your underarms because sometimes the uh, baking soda can act as an irritant and you may experience like a little bit of redness and itching. That just means use it less. Just mm-hmm. put less on. You don't need to do more than two swabs, which is mm-hmm. what I do. And you also have to build up a little bit of a tolerance. I feel like that's going to maybe scare people away. But like, again, it's not a big deal. Like, you'll mm-hmm. know after the first time if you put too much on. One thing that I currently do, so I bought on Amazon just a, a bunch of empty deodorant sticks. And so that's the method I apply. But because of the coconut oil, it has a very low melting point. So I have to keep mine in the fridge. Right. Um, what I've decided I'm going to do with my next batch, though, is just keep it in my medicine cabinet where it's not liquid. It's just more like a, I don't know how to describe it, like jelly. Like jelly, yeah. Yeah, like a yeah. gel consistency. Just put a little bit on my fingers and yeah. there you go in the morning. You're fine. I just think it'll be, you know, easier to have everything at once. I'm not putting more shit in my fridge that I don't need to. And uh, why not? And also I'm reusing some empty containers that I got from work because again, my industry is all about just using things once and then more often than not throwing it away, which is incredibly frustrating. So I try to take what I can. So that one, I don't have to buy it for myself in the future. And two, it's not going into a dumpster. Thanks, Josh, for taking the time to talk to us about your deodorant. Next week, we'll have the rest of the interview. What's giving me hope this week? At breakfast this morning, I read an article by Emily Johnston on Medium called Loving a Vanishing World. She talks about how high the stakes are with climate change and how little time we have left to turn the ship around. She shares a lot of information that is really hard for me to communicate on the details of climate change and how wide ranging its impacts are and how they're hitting us already and right now. But more importantly, and what's really giving me hope is how she talks about that this generation is at the intersection of knowledge and agency. We know what we have to do, and we're really the last ones with the power to make major impacts. She talks also about how we all have a role to play in taking action to save the planet, and that we can take action in ways that make sense to who we are. Reading the article, it reminded me why I started this podcast And I hope it inspires many more of you to find a way to make a positive contribution. Loving a Vanishing World by Emily Johnston. You should check it out. Next week, the rest of my interview with Josh. He'll help me fine-tune my deodorant recipe and give us more general advice for getting started making your own cosmetics. And I'll thank him by sharing an incredibly easy recipe for an exfoliating face mask. It's just got two ingredients. I got this really lovely email about a month ago from my friend Tom Moose, and I have to read some of it aloud. He says, I simply don't have words for how much I love your podcast. I think it's come into my life at exactly the right time. With all the craziness that's going on in the world, seeing environmental regulations being slashed here in the U.S. especially have left me feeling powerless to do anything. It's been in my mind since starting my new job and seeing how much junk mail flies through the system. He works at the post office. I may not be able to do anything about all that mail or the terrible things this administration is doing, but I can certainly go on a climate diet. Yes, that's what it's all about. So Tom, or Gray Fox as I call him, please write me back with what you're doing. I really can't wait to hear. And finally, 
Congratulations, David, who does our music, on the birth of your second child. Thanks for listening. For links and more information about what I talked about this week, go to my website, myclimatediet.org. The music in this podcast is by David from Kvens. I'd love to hear from you too. So feel free to write me an email with your climate question or climate solution to lisa at myclimatediet.org. Rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts, share it with your friends, and consider starting a climate diet of your own. Because if we were all to go on a climate diet, it wouldn't be the end of the world. I told you.